Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Notorious by Chance, where we come and talk all things movies, entertainment, uh, news, sports, all that good stuff. And let's just say Merry Christmas, everybody, because Absolutely. this will be our Christmas special. Happy holidays to those who don't celebrate Christmas. But this is going to be our Christmas special because this will be dropping Christmas Eve. Uh, so we decided, well, not we decided, we decided to take a look at something traditionally Christmas. Uh, in which we have the very first and probably last uh, holiday special extravaganza, which we will get to later in the show. Uh, but for right now, we have we have a lot to get into today. Uh, first of which is, of course, uh, got to talk about. Unless I don't want to talk about the NFL right now, we got to talk about the NFL <laughs> because things. <laughs> you, you, did you tally up those scores last time? I think I had you on that one. You did have me. You did have me last time. We and of course we didn't record for week fifteen, so we got to go right into week sixteen. So <laughs> you're up. You're up two. You're up two nil. You're up two to one. So we'll we'll see how uh-huh. you, we'll see how you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean last week had some interesting ones. I mean yeah. the Niners, but lost by lost the Cowboys, put up forty one points. I you know. Uh, Man, I was shocked because I thought for sure uh, I fan-dueled. Uh, I parlayed like five teams, and I had to not add Niners because I'm like, you know, that's a sure win. And I, uh, what else did I parlay? I parlayed the um, the Jets game. I parlayed that one. I thought it was like the Rams. Oh my God! T- yes, yep. the Jets yep. <laughs> finally won yep. a football game this season. Uh, and it was funny because I had money in my fan-duel. I think I had like eighty bucks, and I was joking around to my wife. I said. If I had put eighty dollars down on the um, the Jets game, I would have won almost a grand. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, uh, but the Jets they won the game. They're no, they no longer have the chance of going completely defeated for the season. The third team in history to go completely defeated in a season. No. But at what cost? Uh, I mean, realistically, the the Jets are going to probably lose out. I think they got the the Browns this weekend. Browns obviously needed to stay pace for the the division, so I think they'll win that one. I don't know who they close with. I mean, it's between the, the it's, it's between them and the Jaguars. The Jaguars have the Bears, the Bears and the Colts uh, left. Yeah, those are two losses. And who who's uh, the Jets have? Cleveland and who else? Cleveland and let's see who, who, else, who else do they have? Cleveland and Pitts. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, where is the where are the Jets? Did I, did I miss I know, them? I, Patriots. I know for sure that, Patriots. Oh, yeah. So that's they might have screwed themselves out. It may end. They may both end up with one win in the Jaguars. Well, uh, if it, if it's one in fifteen, who who would be who would be at the bottom? Really? Why, why would Jacksonville be at the bottom? Oh no no no! Uh, the Jets Jets would be on the bottom. They are, the Jets would be drafting two. Jacksonville would draft one. As of right but now, like, Jacksonville like, actually. Superseded. Uh, what? What the, did? Uh, what did Jacksonville? What did the Jets? Is it because they beat the Rams of all people? I don't know. They look by. Uh, I think they look at their conference, but it doesn't really matter because what the Jets played and won uh, out of conference. So I think maybe that's why the Jets won their game in the N- NFC. And who did? Who did uh, Jacksonville beat? That's they beat that, an a- That's literally what I'm checking around. Who did? Who did Jacksonville beat this season? They it had beat to the, be an AFC. Oh, it had, it had to be an AFC team. I think that I think the Jets. Oh yeah, no, they did. They did be an AFC team. So I think the Jags would probably be ahead of the Jets, wouldn't they? So the Jags would draft first based on record in the conference, I guess. Really? So so con- so conference wins mean this? It's confusing as fuck. 
They do. I don't know. They do it really weird. I'm pretty sure it's conference because obviously they didn't play head to head. Because if they played head to head and either team would have won, that team would have had the, the that team would have had the the bump on that. Right. But um, I think it's because of the fact that they won. I don't know. But yeah. So as of right now, Jacksonville drafts one, Jets draft two. That is wild to me. Yeah. Uh, so they could miss out on the androgynous wonder that is Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> T Law. T Law. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that is crazy to me. So who 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 else is there? Fells? They can't take. I don't. They can't take Trevor. So is it fail for Fells now? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, oh, man, I don't even know. I, I thought. It's or crazy or how do they far... or do they stick with Darnold? Do they, do they keep? Do they give Darnold another shot? No, I mean, if you have a shot to get somebody as you know. I mean, if, if if Jacksonville wouldn't draft Lawrence, which I couldn't see them do because they need a quarterback too, so it's like if if Lawrence falls to them at two, I mean, I would obviously take Lawrence, but I don't know. That's that's gonna be um that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be an interesting draft. I mean, say what you will about Sam Darnold, I think that the dude that's down the quarterback, which kind of just got fucked in the dirt by the Jets, as most quarterbacks well, he do. A, he has no no talent around him. I mean, he has talent, but he has. They're also playing that a head coach due to the dreaded ailment that is Adam Gase. Oh yeah, and, he, and you, we saw the you know the uh, the you know production he got out of Miami. So uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I have no idea what I have no idea what's going to happen. But I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, is going to be happy. He's not going to end up on the Jets. Downside is going to go to Jacksonville, but warmer weather. I mean, <laughs> warmer weather. I guess. I mean. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll 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 see how this ends up. Either way, Trevor Lawrence, uh, God help you, God help you, wherever you end up. Although, <laughs> hey, the, he's he's someone who could turn a franchise around. He's getting a lot of buzz, like uh, Andrew Luck did back in uh, twenty. You guys drafted in twenty twelve, right? Twenty thirteen. Twenty twelve. Either or, it's crazy. Yeah. He's already retired. That's that's wild, man. Because he, he I he's, he wasn't playing bad in his last couple of years, but he just didn't have a line to protect him. No. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so looking forward to next week. Uh, we got Friday night, fo- Friday night, and Saturday night football back. Another Saturday night, Saturday football period. Uh, so Friday night football this week, we got Christmas Day, uh, the Vikings versus the Saints. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a Saints win, especially after a loss against Kansas City. Uh, I see New Orleans rebounding pretty hard. I think Bree's gonna have a better game. So some, unexpect- some unexpected losses too. Yeah, I'll go to Saints. Yeah, so I'm going. I'm going Saints too on that one. Uh, Bucks versus Lions. On, this on Saturday morning. I'm going Bucks. I'm gonna go Bucks. They got to keep pace for the yeah. division. They got to keep pace for not the division, but uh, for the uh, sixth seed, I think, or fifth seed they're in right now. Uh, next one we got and uh, rounding out for Sunday. I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon we got NFC East football. 49ers versus Cardinals. That's NFC West. <laughs> oh, well, as they say, well, I'm sorry. I'm at, I'm at, no, I'm you're good. Um, I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm already done. <laughs> um, they're, they're playing like shit. Every time I take them, they screw me. So I'm done. Uh, let's mail it in. Let's go ahead and just go 5-11 and, and, and call it call it a season. Um, I did also they, they hear look, uh, look bad. I did also hear rumors that uh, Jimmy G could be potentially going back to the Patriots. That's what I heard. Uh, I mean... I see the I see the situation because you know yeah he they they spent a lot of money on him, um, him not being healthy obviously is a huge you know is a huge weight that they're like they're, they're burden. 
Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him going after Stafford. I see Stafford leaving uh, Detroit. Detroit. I'd love to see uh, Stafford and or maybe a reuniting uh, with him and Matt Ryan. Who knows? But um, we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, and rounding up Saturday night, we got Dolphins versus Raiders. This is an interesting match to say the least. I'm going Dolphins on this one. I'm going to go Miami on this one, too. Uh, I just think Miami's playing better football as a whole. Um, they're winning the games that they need to win to keep themselves. It's, it's funny because they're just keeping themselves literally just in a wild card talk. Um, if they lose anything coming out of the next two games, I think that really hurts them, like, dropping their seeds. So uh, I think they need it more than – well, the Raiders, you know, Raiders are playing for playoff spot, too, but I just don't think they're going to get it. Right. Uh, I got to Miami on that one. All right, moving on to Sunday. Sunday morning, we got the G-Men versus the Ravens. Uh, Ravens. Ravens. Ravens all, yeah, it doesn't matter because that the, the you know the NFC. Uh, what is it? The NFC North. Yes. Yeah. North. Yes, the NFC North is trash. So it doesn't really matter what happens there. Baltimore needs. Wait, to no, I'm to sorry. NFC, NFC East. You're talking about the Giants, right? Yeah. NFC East. Um, I I got Baltimore winning that one. I don't see uh, the Giants winning that one at all. Yeah. Uh, we got Falcons versus Chiefs. The, w- the winners of the choke bowl for this year between that between them and the Chargers. <laughs> Falcons and Chiefs. Falcons versus the Chiefs. I got uh, definitely got the uh, Casey on this one. If the Falcons need- if the Falcons bust out a win on this one, I'll be shocked. But realistically, the uh, the Chiefs don't need it. They could lose they another game and have two losses and still have the number one seed. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. Uh, <laughs> Browns versus Jets. Uh, do, do, do the Jets tempt fate? Try and win another game. <laughs> Browns need it too much, man. I, I I think just because of the fact that they're they're poised now for a, a division run here. Um, if they win this one and then went head to head against Pittsburgh uh, the week after, uh, I think they can win a division. So got uh, Cleveland uh, keeping pace here. Uh, then we got the other the other half of the tank for Trevor equation. You got the Bears versus the Jags. What, what if the Bears just lose, just like let themselves lose, just just to help the Jets? <laughs> yeah, it's like screw you, Jacksonville. Or um, you know, I get the Bears winning. It, it would yeah. it, it would go like what if Darnold ended up in like like okay, it's like hey Jets, we'll help you. We'll let the Jaguar stomp all over us, but you give us you give us uh, Sam Darnold, get Trubisky the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I still got to go Chicago. The yeah. Jets really haven't shown me anything. That, that fluke Jags, win there Jaguars. with the Rams. It's it's Chicago. It's, it's Jaguars, by the way. They're playing the Jags. Oh, all right. Either Chicago way, Chicago. Either way, Chicago. Really yeah. Uh, one that would be a, ta- a tank off if if the, Texas, the Texans didn't trade their two picks away to the Dolphins. Thank you, Bill O'Brien. Uh, Bengals versus Texans. Uh, Bengals uh, making, a, making a, a good case for them to suck for Sewell, but they did uh, win last week. Unfortunately, they they did. They played they played a really uh, impressive game. Uh, if you look at the four quarters they put in, they did. Probably they're obviously going to be pro- going to be obviously they're probably their best game of the year. Probably have the Texans coming back on this one. I think Texans are going to beat uh, Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, Deshaun um, Deshaun Watson. He, he, he yeah. needs a win. He needs a win because Lord doesn't yeah. like anything else this season. Yeah, go Houston. Uh, Colts versus Steelers. Look, I'm just going to say this right now. The Steelers have not been playing great football over the last couple weeks. No, they have not. They've, they played like shit the last three weeks. Yeah, they have. So, I think if look if, if Pittsburgh shows up, I got them winning. I still got them winning in this game. But the god, they better, if they sh- if they show up like they've been showing up the last couple weeks, this, the Colts are gonna stop all over them. And that's just reality. I'm 
I'm going to go with Pittsburgh uh, just because of the fact that they need they need a win. Um, if not, that, I mean, they're really going to hurt themselves with uh, you know positioning in the playoffs. Um, Colts pretty much have their division already. See, or no, Colts don't have their division. They don't. Have like division. Tennessee has it. Tennessee. Um, Colts, I mean, are probably already in anyway. It's going to be a tough match. I think Colts are going to play them. That's going to be their biggest te- biggest test right outside of Buffalo. Um, Indy's a good team. They got a really good defense, so it's going to be an interesting match. I think it's going to be tight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised like a twenty three twenty type game, but um, I'm going to give the edge to Pittsburgh. I, I do think Indy's going to play them tight though, so don't be surprised if Indy does squeak uh, squeak out a win. I mean, Lord, I mean, Lord knows, uh, <laughs> Lord knows they needed the break, but then I get they're not getting the break because they lost number one seed, so they're going to have to power through into the playoffs. So uh, start making adjustments now, boys. You're going to need them. Uh, next one: Panthers versus the Washington Football Team. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ron Rivera's new team. I'm going to go with Washington. Oh, yeah, it's the Ron, Ron Rivera off. Ron Rivera for, for James Jones stopping Reds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the Redskins, regardless of who they have in there. Uh, I think Haskins going to be their quarterback. Um, Rivera's new girl? <laughs> What's that? Like R- R- Rivera's new girl versus his old yeah, chick. <laughs> yeah, his new girl. Um, Mr. COVID protocol. Apparently he lost his captain. Uh, C. Oh, Dwayne uh, Haskins. Haskins for, yeah, I lost his C for the. Uh, apparently, he was filmed at, or taking a picture at like a, a, a club, club, strip yeah. club or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be fil- photographed, I mean, at least you know, at least you're a strip club, I guess. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, I got Washington on this one. No, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think Washington is been yeah. playing surprisingly good football over the past couple of weeks. Not great football. They've been playing good football. Enough to win their shitty division. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Broncos versus Chargers. Chargers coming off a two-game win streak against the first the Falcons and now the Raiders. I think they're going to continue on. I think they're going to continue on going to beat the Broncos. I think so too. I think Denver's just you know they're just really they're struggling to find an identity. Um, they don't really have much to go you know to go on. Obviously the the, the you know Peyton Manning era's you know been over for quite some time now. They just still look, they look like a different team and they don't have a quarterback. They're just still trying to find themselves. So. It's going to be a while before I think they move up the uh, the standings as a uh, you know a perennial powerhouse like they once were. But uh, yeah, I definitely uh, I'm not going to pick them. I'll go ahead and pick uh, Chargers. Well, speaking of sh- speaking of shitty divisions, we got <laughs> we got another NFC East showdown: Ugh. Eagles versus the Cowboys. I feel like they play each other every couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems like if they don't, obviously. Oh, man. I don't know. Jalen Hurts impressed me in his last run. I was going to say, I I really think if I'm going to pick a quarterback, I'm going to pick Hurts over Dalton. I I think, honestly, the Niners really – the thing that gave Dallas the game was the turnovers. They, I think San Francisco's – the first two possessions that the Niners had, they had turnovers, and they uh, scored off of them. They had 24 total points off turnovers, Dallas. So take that away. Niners went handedly. I think – I think the Eagles are going to win this one. I just don't think Dallas is good, honestly. I, I really no. don't. So I'm going to go with Philly. Uh, another NFC West matchup. We got Rams versus Seahawks. Two things that I think are vying for playoff position. Because who, who's who's had who's had NFC West right now? That's uh, Seattle. It is Seattle. So this one has huge playoff implications. Yeah, um, I think it's Seattle. I think Seattle's been playing more complete. As as opposed to the Rams, you never know what the hell you're gonna get with the Rams. Like they, like I said, the the Niners beat them twice this year. Um, they lost to the Jets. They did, 
they just lost to the Jets. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, you don't get mediocre Rams. It's all or nothing, man. Um, it's really, really weird. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. And Sunday, Sunday night game, we got Titans versus the Packers. Maybe or maybe with not with pissed off with pissed off Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that it's up for the for the Titans it's all gonna come down to I think the Titans are playing playing a like really complete offense in the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like and Henry's got his stride for the running game. Tannehill's got his stride in the passing game. Yep. If they're clicking, I don't think the Packers defense can stop them. No, defense uh for Green Bay is uh, atrocious. I, I think obviously they're just going on the hot hand that is, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, in his in his receiving core that he has, if, yeah. If, if that offense doesn't produce, that team's nothing. No, it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be one of the Green Bay's tougher matchups. I feel like they've really kind of coasted into the playoffs. They really haven't played anybody. You know what I mean? I, they haven't impressed me with any of their, their the way that they've played. At least, at least I mean, like as, as, they, a, as a whole, because I think Aaron Rodgers has been yeah. playing excellent this year. Oh no, he's been playing good. I just think as a whole, I don't think Green Bay's really played anything. No. Their division, their division's shit this year. It's trash. Um, you know, that's six wins right there. Um, they played, you know, the Niners with a, a third string quarterback, and none of their starters from the NFC Championship. Not making excuses, just saying, you know what I mean? It, that's seven games right there. You know what I mean? Right, like right out of the gate that you, that you can win, that are there for the taking. So I, I just don't. They just haven't had that. Had the, you know a. Um, you know, a, uh, a struggle against another team. So I think Tennessee definitely poses a little bit more of a threat on them because they are a, um, a division-leading team and they are a playoff, you know, uh, team. So, ah, man, I don't know. I'm going to go with Tennessee with an upset here. I think Tennessee, I'm going Tennessee I think, too. I think, I think, I, I think kind of like what we said about if, if Henry, Henry's in a stride, Tannehill's playing, you know, smart ball he's not he's not going you know he's not going to try to hit you with like 400 yards a game but he's he's being smart with the ball and i think that's what it's going to come down to offensively i think their offense is a little bit more explosive i'm very curious to see if henry derrick henry like bitch slaps anybody in the stiff arm this week yeah let's see if he does another buffalo bill stiff arm man, oh my god man like no one has no one has done as much damage this year as derrick henry stiff arm no, just the way he just like throws people, just like not like he just like throws them like trash. Like, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that yeah, that guy's still probably feeling the ripple effects of that uh, stuff for him. Yeah, it's just like what happens? <laughs> Though I will say, your boy Juju got messed up by what was it, Vaughn? Vaughn crushed yeah. him. Oh my lord, he he uh, he popped him pretty good too. Well, I mean, look, if you if you if you TikTok dance on that many logos, it's gonna it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass eventually. I mean, yeah, I mean, look what To did to with the Dallas Star. I think what Emma Smith or somebody went and they tackled him or something like that. No, no, nobody the, tackled him. Nobody tackled him, but like I I remember that did celebration. They him? Did they? I don't think no, they didn't. They didn't. They, they, they let him go. But like that was one of like the most. It's one of the balliest celebrations I think I've seen in a game, and I didn't I didn't watch it live because I was thinking it was too young. on replay, but the fact that you yeah. score, you run all the way back to midfield and just stand on the logo. That's To man. That's that was how, To. How, that was To. That's how, that's how arrogant he was. I mean, he was good, and, and he, it was funny. Then, the then a couple he, years he later, he, 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 he played for him. He played for Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes and plays for him. So it's like everybody was like, "Oh yeah, we forgot all about that." He's like, "Welcome oh, aboard." No, we, we forgive you, To. We we love you. We love you. <laughs> We want you to score Dallas touchdowns now. Now it's okay. Yeah, uh, but hey, T.O. backed it up. He backed it up. One of the best receivers. Oh, one of the best absolutely. receivers of his era. 
for sure. And last game Monday night, we got Bills versus the Patriots. I'm assuming Bills are going to use their, their now newly acquired status as the older brother to beat the Patriots in the submission. Yeah, I mean, it's the baton has been passed here. Uh, we actually have a different division winner here. First time in 20 years the uh, the Patriots haven't won uh, the, the division. Or no, I shouldn't say that. First time. Yeah, and twenty was it twenty five years that the years. Bills won twenty five years that the Bills won the division, and then this is the first time since '07 that the Patriots didn't make the playoffs. But if you remember, that was the year that Brady tore his ACL, yeah. and that Castle led them to eleven and five record, and <laughs> they still didn't make the playoffs. Figure that one out. Eleven yeah. and five. They had a lot of good teams in the AFC that year. And how did the NFC do that? How did the NFC East do that year? Probably shit. <laughs> uh. Probably should. I, but yeah, I don't know. That division, that division's been bad for a while. It has. Uh, so that's gonna do it for us here. At, except, except for like the years where it was like peak Manning and peak peak Romo. That those are like yeah. the good times. And and McNabb. When McNabb was there, the Eagles had like a, a couple good years. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they ran into the juggernaut that was the Patriots. I they mean, did. it was. You know, you you look at you know that whole dynasty that they've had from 2000 to 2020. You know, it's that's never going to be replicated again. That's hard to be good for that long. So, yeah. uh, you know, at least we got to see it in our lifetime, um, and that shows you what a key piece that you know everyone's like, oh, it's a system, it's a system. Look at Cam Newton still struggling. I'm like, no. You know like, I mean, w- it's, when we all heard no, that, we're just like, no, that team's gonna like yeah. when we heard Brady was leaving New England, we're like uh, that team's gonna fall the fuck apart next year. They absolutely. He was. He was. He was the piece. He. He's the yes. rare. He's the rare. Uh, he's the needle in the haystack. Like they he's literally. The they spent. Yeah. They spent. They spent the bar, The better part of twenty years building around one player. Yep. And they never had a backup plan. But see, the thing about it is, and the thing I will say that they did brilliantly, though. Uh, I'm sorry. They, they, they did have a backup plan. They did have a backup plan, but they traded in San Francisco. They, yeah, and now he got hurt, so he's going to go back. It's all part of the plan. You see. <laughs> Uh, it's going to come full circle, and now Garoppolo's going to lead them to Super Bowls. Make, up so, no, make but, it so. Um, the thing that I always credit New England on doing, they always found a way to put in different pieces. Like if they needed a linebacker, they needed. They always got veteran players for dirt cheap and made them, you know, made them superstars. You know, I remember when, um, you know, even getting Moss like from Oakland, like if the guy didn't want to play football, and then he had that career year in '08 or whatever. Uh, taking him to the Super Bowl, taking him undefeated, obviously, till you know the Super Bowl. But he had a huge year that year, set records in receiving touchdowns and maybe yards. I don't even know. But you look at the, the players that they got. You know, Wes Walker, I don't think would have succeeded anywhere else. He was no. trash in uh, Miami. Uh, Brady made him a household name. Edelman, I still think, is a good receiver because my buddy and I were having a conversation. He's a, he's a said, good, I, he's a good postseason. He's a good yeah. postseason receiver. No, but he's still like he's legit though. Like Brady, like you know how they say Brady made the receiver. I think Edelman would have succeeded anywhere else because he uh, is a good receiver. Though. I don't, dis- I don't agree on that one. I think Edelman. You don't? I think, no, Edel- I, think- I think Edelman needs Brady, and like, he's look. I'll say this: Edelman is clutch. Edelman is one of the most clutch players I've seen play the game, yeah. at least as far as I've been watching. Regular season though, <laughs> when he's healthy, when he's healthy, he produces. It's just like Gronk. It's the same thing as Gronk. Sure, Gronk's healthy, lights out. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, 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 healthy, right, he's healthy right now. What the, fuck, what the fuck's he been doing? Who? Gronk. Edelman? No, Gronk. Oh, no. He has, like, Brady literally has, like, a, a variety tray of receivers. Man. I guess you so. Have, like, you got, you got Evans. You got, you got Godwin, uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. You got, I mean, you got all these guys. Dude. I mean, you got receivers for days. I mean, it doesn't really even matter. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know? I guess that's true. I don't, even, I don't know why Gronk came back in the first place. <laughs> 
I mean, you know what? And I think it's going to be to show up in the playoffs. I think he's going to he's going to be the X factor in the playoffs. When, it could uh, be when Tampa Bay plays. It could be. We'll just, see. I mean, just what I'm thinking. Uh, so that's going to do it for our NFL talk this week. We now move on to our trailer talk. Uh, we have a couple different ones to talk about today. First of which is let's talk about Land before we talk about the ones very similar to this. So Land is a movie. I wanted to highlight this because I like highlighting when actors do, you know, when actors do something different or unique. And this is written and not, not written, uh, directed and stars Robin Wright. She, I don't oh. think she's ever. Yeah, this is her first directorial effort, and it's about uh, a woman who experienced who has a near experience in the wilderness, and she must be and she has to become comfortable with living again. Uh, also stars uh, Damien Bashir and Kim Dickens, who, rec- who might recognize from a lot of TV shows. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for uh, Land? It kind of had itches of Into the Wild a little bit, like a female Into the Wild type film. Yeah. Um, that indie feel. Um, and, and, and and how much does Robin Wright look like Kate Blanchett? She does. Can, I, can we just point that out? Yeah. A lot, you know? Um, I like it, though. I like these, you know, finding yourself films. Like Into the Wild was a fantastic film. It just kind of reminded me of that, I think, just because of the the environment that the character in the in the movies in, you know what I mean? Um, but it looks fantastic, and kind of what you said. I like when actors and actresses do different things. Like when Rob, like Robin Wright has never done this before, so obviously this, you know, obviously draws a light to it. And she's very, you know, she's a talent that we've seen obviously throughout, you know, twenty, thirty, you know, twenty to thirty years plus in the in the business. So this looks good, though. I, I really think this looks like a really good film. It looks like one of these movies is going to be like one of those slow burns, but I think it. I think it like the payoff. I think is going to be great. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. I do think that looks looks quite good. And like and like I said, I do like seeing actors. You know, try and, try different things. Like try try directing, try writing, try producing. So yeah, I'm definitely down to see when this when this comes out. Uh, set for a release uh, February twelfth. February. Oh yeah, it's going to be at Sundance 12th? next. It's going to be at Sundance next year. Okay. So February twelfth, twenty twenty one. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for Palmer. Uh, Palmer is a uh, uh, dra- upcoming drama film starring Justin Timberlake of all people. Uh, it's about a guy who he was his former his former college football star. Uh, he kind of fucked his life up, served from jail time, uh, returned to his hometown where he forms an unlikely friendship with a young boy who's been abandoned by his mother. Uh, also co-stars June Squibb, Juno Temple. So many more people. And I will admit, when I first when the trailer first started, I don't know if you got this vibe. I totally got vibes of the way back. It's it's pretty much the same. Thing. I, th- I like thought a, I thought it was going to be like, oh, yeah. you got to come and coach the football team. No, that's not where this goes. Which I do admire nah. them for not doing. And he and he wasn't an alcoholic, but close, close enough. But yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty much the same beat though. He 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 runs into trouble and then needs like a kid to kind of help him see, you know what I mean? Kind of get his life back together, so to speak. But honestly, but, uh, watching yeah, this, yeah. watching this trailer brought me to draw to the attention of mine is how fucking, how fucking wild the career of Justin Timberlake has been. Oh, I mean, because if it, cause like if you told somebody in like the mid nineties that the curly hair dude from NSYNC would not only be the, one of the biggest entertainers in the world, but he could yeah. also go, he would also go on to lead movies. Like, and not like comedies, like musicals. No, like dramatic fucking films. Some of which are nominated yeah. for Best Picture. Yeah, I mean, but I, but I, but when I saw him in Alpha Dog, and I thought he was excellent in Alpha Dog. He's, I he's good in Alpha he Dog. He's really good be, in Alpha Dog. Be, you know, yeah. So that's that was like kind of my, 
you know, uh, take from it. I mean, even at end time, he was okay. And I mean, he did obviously what the script wanted he's, him to do fine. with it. I mean, it's, we, we, I mean, we really sung his praises when he was in social network. Oh, social network. He's fantastic at it. So like, so what I'm saying is like, he definitely has the chops to do it. So yeah. for him to carry a dramatic film like this, it's not a surprise now. Um, he's definitely come a long way, but yeah, this film does look fantastic though. I, I really, I really do. I do like the, the bond between him and this boy and this boy really changing his life for the better. I kind of like that. The craziest part about this is that the movie's actually directed by Fisher Stevens, like Crazy. short circuits own Fisher Stevens. Yeah. I'm like, holy, like, holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just a big release for Apple. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I want to see it. I think it, I think it looks intriguing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's set for a release. Uh, like I said, going to go straight to Apple TV Plus on January 29th, twenty twenty one. Next trailer we're talking about is for uh, Nomadland. So Nomadland is a movie from this year. Uh, it's getting a lot of buzz. It's about. Uh, it stars Frances McDormand, a woman in her 60s, who after she loses everything in the Great Recession, she goes on this journey through the American West uh, by herself. Again, also co-stars David Strathane, and really that's it as far as like, notable actors. It's directed by Chloe Zhao, who did The Writer. She's doing the new Marvel film, The Eternals. Uh, and she also did a song, My Brother Taught Me, which is another uh, indie from a couple years back that also got a lot of really good buzz. Uh, this has been getting a ton of great perform, a, a ton of like acclaim for this yeah. movie. Uh, a lot of people praise it as one of the best of the year. I, we won't be able to see it until February of next year, but honestly, I I will definitely watch it as soon as I can because this movie looks incredible. Oh, for sure. And I mean, Frances McDormand just shows you what a great actress she is. Um, you know, she's already won two statues for best actress, so she could be winning know, a third. Could, could be winning. Could a third. be winning. Could could be uh, the Meryl Streep here. Yeah, her modern day Streep. But um, yeah, no, it looks fantastic. Kind of what you said. It kind of does uh, another land film <laughs> yeah. of like self discovery. So and much land. But, so uh, no, much looks, land. Yeah, seriously. Um, but it does look fantastic, and it looks like you know she really puts in a great performance. I'm looking forward to seeing what this film uh, has to offer. And hopefully, who knows, maybe we'll, we'll hear a lot of, uh, you know, a lot about this movie as uh, Oscar time approaches. I mean, she's getting a lot of buzz from a lot of critic circles, so she, it could it could be. Yeah, it could be could. Frances taking home her third Oscar. Who knows? But she, but she doesn't disappoint. That's the thing. So No, she doesn't. This, this, looks, this will be good. I've never seen Frances McDormand. i never like, looked at a movie, see Frances McDormand in it and be like, eh, she's the weakling. No, she's always brought it. She's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic actress. Oh yeah, even if the movie sucks, she's always going to give 120. percent That's just Absolutely. how she is. But yeah, the movie does not suffer at, at her at her hands, you know. No. So yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, next show we're talking about is for the little things. Uh, the little things is a movie starring, remarkably, three Academy Award winning actors. Uh, yes, yeah, so of course, talking about Denzel Washington, Ryan Malik, and our favorite Jared Leto. <laughs> Uh, and it's about the manhunt for a serial killer who's been preying on women uh, between a county deputy sheriff, a sheriff, a sheriff department sergeant, and the suspected killer played by Jared Leto. Who, look, if if he didn't do it, this that's the greatest twist of all time because you see this guy, he's like, he did it. It was him. Just, I mean, like the exchange at the end about the trunk space, like creepy. Yeah. I mean, it could be a red herring to get it you could to be. he is. It could I mean, be. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he's not the killer, but he sure in hell does. Like it, all eyes are pointing on this guy. Honestly, it, feel, it feels like sure. he's, it feels like he's playing his character from Blade Runner twenty forty nine again with just with sight. Dude, I'm telling you the same shit. It's the long hair. It's like do something different now, man. He got this grunge look all the time now. Yeah, but uh, it's directed by John Lee Hancock. Who, if you, if I didn't know that watching this trailer, I would never pick that up because this looks like nothing no. he's ever done before. And uh-uh. honestly, even though I'm not like super big on some of his movies, I'm kind of into this. Not gonna lie, oh, I I'm kind of no, into this. Too. Absolutely, I I am too. I actually got almost shit. It almost had like at certain times. I'm not gonna say like the whole thing because I don't want to like played up too high. But I got like prisoners type five. I got prisoners. It. I got nocturnal. Okay. I got nocturnal okay. animals. Okay, so I'm not completely crazy, but no. yeah, um, it just it's just that 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 dark vibe that I really really liked and. Um, I really hope this movie's as good as I'm building it up in my head to be. <laughs> I hope so because I mean, yeah. look, look, John Lee has let us down time and time and time and time again. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I think the movie does have a lot of potential. But you know what? Looks- maybe, maybe like this is kind of like the style of Pini because like, his other films are lighter. I mean, they don't shy away from like dark and subject matter, but they're a little lighter in tone yeah. compared to this. Maybe this dark transition is what he needed. <laughs> Here's hoping, man. I hoping. like I said, I really I like the vibes I got from the movie. I like the, you know, the feeling I felt when I was watching the um, the trailer. So here's hoping that uh, that transpires when I uh, watch the movie. All right, and last show we're talking about today is one for a movie that I am very much looking forward to. It's kind of, uh, I'll get to why in a second. Uh, and this is for Coming to America. Uh, Coming to America is the long-awaited sequel. I'm not sure. I'm not sure people were asking for this. I feel like the first one wrapped up on a pretty <laughs> pretty good note. Uh, to the film, because the Eddie Murphy classic film, Coming to America, which came out in 1988. So this movie is over, let's see, this sequel 32. is coming 32 30, years 33. after, th- okay, 30, yeah, 33. 33. 33 next year. Uh, 33 years after the original sequel. So uh, we, t- we, turn, we return to Samunda, where uh, Akeem is about to become king of Samunda. Problem is, there's, there's a slight problem. He does not have a male heir. Or so we think, because it turns out, at some point during the original film, I don't know when, I don't know when this happened, I don't know why we didn't, or we'll hear about this now, it's just like, uh, James Earl Jones, who's still in this movie, uh, he looks just like, you have a son in America, you have to go get him and bring him back, he's just like, how long have you known about this? <laughs> you wait till you're dying to tell him this? Yeah. Uh, but regardless, so... Eddie Murphy reprises his role as Akeem, as well as Arsenio Hall as Semi. They also reprise these ancillary characters they play, like the Barbers, the old Jewish guy who I'm shocked is still alive after all this time. <laughs> uh, the, lead singer of sexual, the lead singer of Sexual Chocolate, Randy Watson. Uh, also returning in this movie is uh, Sh- uh, Shari Headley, who played uh, Lisa McDowell. John Amos is back in this movie. Uh, joining the cast for this one is uh, let's see we got Leslie Jones joining the cast we got Jermaine Flower, uh, Tracy Tracy Morgan Wesley Snipes. Uh, this is directed by and this is directed by Craig Brewer who did work with Eddie Murphy and both and Wesley Snipes on the film Dolomite is My Name which is actually like really great which is what gives me a lot of hope for this one. Uh, but Russell, what do you think of the, how what do you feel like how do you feel about the first coming to America and what are you are you excited for the sequel? Oh, well, the first one, you know, is a, is a, you know, a staple. I mean, it's a classic, you know, Eddie Murphy classic. Um, coming into this one, like kind of what you said, I, I really wasn't, this was not a property I would ever assume in a million years would get like a, a, a sequel to it. Um, especially again, 33 years after the fact. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, anything with Eddie Murphy though. And then, 
you know, the improvisation he does with different characters, kind of like, you know, bringing in like, like what he did with the nutty professor. I'm, I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm like playing different side characters and stuff like that made it, made it so entertaining made it so funny just because of the fact that he just is so talented that he can do that with so many different characters like he did in coming to America. Um, kind of gives me a little bit of hope in this one that I think it's going to be entertaining enough. Like I think it's going to be good. Um, I just hope it doesn't uh, fall flat, you know, and I don't think it will just because of the fact that, you know, he is uh, teaming up with Arsenio Hall too, when they both have a lot of talent. So kind of hoping that this, I mean, it's not going to be anywhere near the first one, but I still think it's going to be, you know, a, a, a good enough sequel. You know what I mean? And kind of what you said with Dolomite is my name, which I haven't seen. Um, but a movie I know that a lot of people have sung praises to, um, you know, so somebody's already obviously worked with the character, a couple of the, you know, the actors in the film kind of gives me a little bit of hope that this is not going to be that bad of a sequel. Yeah, and Craig Brewer is a pretty like solid director, even outside of Dolomite's yeah. name. Like, I, like, I, li- I like Black Snake Moan a lot. I think that Hustle and Flow is a really oh, good that movie. Was a, yeah, that was a good movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Craig Brewer is very, very talented dude. So, yeah. And like I said, Dolomite is, from last year, is just excellent. So uh, I would de- I'm definitely interested to see how this turns out. And also, yes, like I said, like Coming to America is not only my favorite comedies of all time. It's my favorite Eddie Murphy movie of all time. That's my favorite comedy he's done. I think the movie's hilarious. I think it's super rewatchable. I've seen it a ton. I'll watch it a ton more. I think it's super quotable. Uh, they are taking a really interesting twist with Wesley Snipes' character, which I'm not going to reveal here, but in case it's like a plot twist in the movie and the trailer was very vague about it, so I'm not going to say it. Just in case, and I like seeing less Wesley Snipes and things again, just because you know after tax evasion, <laughs> it seemed like is he gonna make movies oh, again? Yeah. <laughs> and he is, and he's awesome, and he's like awesome now. Don't mind my name; he's fantastic, honestly. You think so? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this when it drops. Uh, not on Paramount Plus, which would have been a smart thing for them to do, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, on Amazon, on Amazon Prime, on. March fifth, twenty twenty one. Would have been so cool if we could have it for this Christmas. What? We'll maybe we'll do that for uh, March. Our first episode of March. Maybe we'll do coming to America. Coming to America. Kind of celebrate. Uh, maybe we'll talk. We'll, yeah, we can look about it. We can think about something, it. It's something. Yeah. Potential right. idea. Uh, and that's it for trailer talk. We now move on to movie. Uh, I'm sorry, notorious news. We can talk about more than just movies now. Uh, first of all, first thing we got to talk about first, we got to talk about Tom Cruise. Because Tom Cruise, in the way that he does, set the internet ablaze, not by, you know, jumping off of something or trying to, you know, murder himself in a new, exciting way. No, no, no. Uh, This is something that leaked from one of his sets. So, uh, on on one of his sets, uh, you know, because the shooting Mission Impossible 7, I almost said 3. Nope, they're right past 3. Shooting 7 right now. And uh, audio... Audio cl- recordings came out of him basically going off on crew members who yeah. uh, I guess weren't following code restrictions. Did you did you hear this? Yeah, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if you didn't if you didn't hear this. And a lot of people took this a lot of different ways. Uh, so many people, like a lot of people, were saying like crew is justified. A lot of people were saying getting on getting on his ass, saying like he shouldn't do that to his to his crew members. Yeah. Uh, so. We're going to talk about how we feel, because as, as you know, we are both big Tom Cruise fans. We're going to talk about how we feel about uh, what Mr. Cruise did here. So, Russell, I'll go to you first. Do you think Tom was right in what he did, or do you think that this was unjustified? 
no, I think it was justified. Um, and I think, if anything, we got to look at the big picture of things. You know, we're fighting this pandemic. Um, and I think Tom knows that, and he really values everybody using every precaution they possibly can to help keep this, you know, pandemic at bay on set. So basically, he's fighting for other people's jobs and stuff like that. So I don't see, to me, I see this guy fighting for these people's jobs because if they don't they have to shut shit down because somebody's negligent and not following protocol that hurts other people's employment so to me i think i think he's perfectly justified in saying that you know what i mean and going off on that because to me when somebody of that stature and that caliber of an actor has that type of you know meltdown or you know has that type of you know delivery to his crew members you're going to remember that you know what i mean um, and you're going to try to do everything you can in your power to not replicate that again, to do that. You know what I mean? So to me, I think he's completely justified in doing it. And if I think anything, I think he's really trying to protect these other people that are struggling in this time uh, of COVID. Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to say this. And it might be seen as controversial. Like our opinion might be seen as controversial. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say how I feel about the situation. And you can fight me on it all you want. It's not going to change. <laughs> it's not going to change my opinion on it. Uh, I agree. I do think he was justified in doing yeah. what he did because, like, you listen yeah. to how he was like. I I don't think I've ever seen Tom Cruise this this like vehemently angry. <laughs> like, also like brought it back to like Les yeah, Grossman no. and Tropic Thunder. But you just yeah. hear the way he's talking. You can tell like this. This isn't a first offense. This is not the first time we had to tell these two something. No, and the thing about it is, you can tell the passion that he's invoking too. Yeah. On top of it, like he's he wants this to go on without any hitches during all this you know what i mean he wants it to be as responsible as they possibly can be and i think he knows that he had to say something about something that he had seen that wasn't you know was negligent so it, it makes yeah. sense to why he did that i mean only thing i, I kind of nitpick about it, i don't like his use of the word motherfucker <laughs> i mean it, 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 it's like a little it's a little degrading but i think i can I, I can let it slide because i think the point he's trying to make is stronger than that he's clearly pissed off because oh absolutely you can you can hear it just like yeah you you can hear it just like this is something I've had to tell you I tell you motherfuckers multiple times and you're not getting it so I'm gonna make an example out of you so yeah no I'm, and, I don't and, that's, and it's justifiable yeah. it is it is justifiable and like I see yeah like, I see a lot of people like backing saying like he did the right thing lots of people saying that oh yeah no he did the no yeah no this is like unjustified unprofessional a lot of people like bring up Scientology which has like nothing to do with anything. That we're doing yeah, here? it's not even a point that's brought up at anywhere in this at all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I'm just gonna say this right now. Using Scientology as a knock against Tom Cruise is like the is, is the oldest, like worst argument you can make. Because like, sure, like, does he back Scientology? Sure. When's the last time you ever heard him talk about it publicly? Or like, he's not—is he forcing you to join? No, he's not forcing. You he's not forcing no. you to join. He's not forcing you to do no, anything. Who gives a shit? I mean, hate Scientology all yeah, you want. He's not do. He's not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, if he wants, it wants to burn candles in his treehouse at night, let him. I don't care what the hell you do. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. This, it, it, it doesn't matter. So I like. I uh -uh. just think. I just think that it's just like a stupid point to make in this situation. It's honestly, it's yeah. Just, like it's 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 just such a childish argument to like try and justify. It's like saying like oh, he's wrong because he supports Scientology. What the fuck are you talking about? No. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. But no, yeah, I do think that. I do think that what he did was justified, and it's clearly, and it, it stuck because like we needed people with that kind of attitude when this was starting. Before, like before this got out of hand, we needed we need people with this kind of attitude. Yeah, I mean, but and again, like I said, like I mean, the thing that I think that that other people need to take home is the fact that he's sticking up for 
and a whole everybody because of the fact that like how I said earlier, if this thing gets shut down because of negligence, everybody's out of a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like if anything, I think he's really trying to get these people to work to make uh, to make a living so that they can provide for their families. So to me, I, I you can't kind of what you said, you can't convince me otherwise. I think it's completely justifiable and yeah, we'll, we'll fight anybody tooth and nail on that one. I just, it's, it's, yeah. it's clear as day. I agreed. So that's, that's where we're saying on Tom Cruise. God bless. Uh, next piece you're talking about is, uh, Ooh, here's actually a really good one. Uh, so let's talk about the Snyder cut. Cause that's been in the news recently. Recently. We got some developments on this. First of all, we got a rumored release date, rumored to release March 25th, 2021. Somewhere in March 2021. That hasn't been officially confirmed yet, but that's, what, that's the speculated release date so far. <laughs> and we got, some, we got some really hilarious news about this. First of all, we got the news that this might play in theaters, which, yeah, that's, uh, I, I wonder how that would work in the air, in the era of COVID. Maybe, maybe even, I wonder how that would work, would work even in like the era of like non-COVID. Like, would you play like one each night for a week? Would you play one for a week and then one for another week? I don't know. I don't know how Do it's going to get released. Do you get your COVID vaccination before you see the film? Before you like, see how does that work? <laughs> do they? Do they? Do, as you're in line, they 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 already give you the vaccination. Or is that? Or is that like, your? That or is that your reward? You sit through the whole movie and then you get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Here you go. Look there at this go. one. Come on now. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> not only that, we're also also some Zack Snyder himself saying that the movie is rated R. Batman even drops the f bomb in that scene. So, uh, sent it in a scene. Something Twitter took with and just ran. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be yeah, weird to see. You don't, you don't say that. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't say that kind of stuff. No, like you don't. Then you can sit there and pick it apart. Because you, because you just, because you just sound like a child who should not have gotten three hundred million dollars to make this. Yeah, we're just gonna throw out a random f word. Ooh. Ooh, we're so, we're so edgy. But it's yeah, okay. Yeah. So. You hear all about the Snyder Cut. What, 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 what do you what do you make all? Because I'm just like, okay, this is gonna be either <sighs> this has a very slim chance of being very good, but this also has like a very solid chance of being like a very just massive disaster. You know what? I mean, I, the the fir- the the theatrically released one was like okay. I mean, it wasn't the greatest. I mean, I was disappointed in the fact that you had all this build up, and I felt like acknowledging that all oh, Superman's dead and we're not even going to put him on the, on the poster. Uh, he's clearly, uh, he's like the leader of the justice league. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the film. And then you, you waste all that time trying to get him back. And I'm like, Ugh. anyway, fast forward to the Snyder cut. I mean, I'm looking forward to it just because of the fact I like DC and I like what they do. Like majority of the time. I just, I think that, you know, Snyder's vision, I think, obviously was cut short tragically when I think he lost his daughter. And I think, you know, when he needed we didn't come in to kind of fill in and do the reshoots and some of the shit that he needed to get done. I don't think it was truly his vision. So I think he knew that and was one of those things where he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to try to do my my vision as a whole. And I mean, and kind of what you said, Chance, like it's it's like one of these things. If, it, if it's good, it'll be praised. Everybody will be happy. But if it falls and it bombs you know, watch out. All bets are off. You know what I mean? I, I'm hoping it doesn't because I do. I think the DC is really starting to getting in the start. You know, getting its footing now. Obviously, with the success of you know Wonder Woman, Shazam. Uh, you know, it's just in general, I think it's it's really starting to catch its stride now. You know, um, and I'm hoping that this doesn't kind of uh, you know teeter it either way. And even Aquaman, um, I really hope it doesn't uh, doesn't hurt the success that DC has really been getting like so far. So I'm hoping it's it's good. I'm really hoping it's good. I just don't know if it's going to be like this. It's not going to be like the Godfather of 
superhero films. I mean, it's as much as much as Snyder fans may think so. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love you know Superman and stuff like that, I just gotta I gotta put it into perspective. I I think it's gonna be good. I think it's it. I have no doubts that I don't think it, it it you know it can't be worse than what what was put put out. I think it's gonna be better. And I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping I'm, I'm I'm proved right. I really hope it's it's better than the um, the theatrically released Justice League. So we'll see what happens. Uh, tired of hearing about it. I just want to watch it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I I just want I just want to be out so I can just stop fucking hearing about it. So. Yeah, yeah. And we still got two minds. I'm like, or still got three minds. I'm like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So <laughs> almost we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> Uh, next piece of news talking about Florence Pugh is back in the news for a good reason because actually she's doing something I find rather interesting. Uh, she is going to star in a new murder mystery called The Maid. Uh, it's an adaptation of a book which I have not read. Uh, it's about a maid who works at a hotel. Uh, she and you know she has a habit of taking you know taking tabs on the guests you know t- taking their secrets, but that. One day she goes into a room and it takes her down this whole rabbit hole of you know secrets, lies, crime, all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a really like clue style whodunit murder mystery. At least that's what the description says. I, I guess I haven't read the book, but I do. Uh-huh. Like I said, I like I said when Knives Out was like getting getting a lot of traction. I love a good murder mystery, and I do attribute Knives Out for making that genre popular again, which you could like like that and Murder on the Orient Express. Like those are the two movies that like brought murder mysteries. Like hey, we can do like whodunit murder mysteries. Again, and people will show up to watch it because they're fun, they're interactive, they have that inherent, you know, interest element to it. Yeah, for sure. So, Russell, you hear this premise, you hear Florence Pugh attach the star. Does this, this pique your interest? Yeah, for sure, guys. I think she's fantastic. I really, you know, love the films that she's been in. Um, so, yeah, and kind of what you said, it was one of those. I still haven't seen Knives Out yet, which I still need to watch. You still haven't seen um, it? Still haven't seen it, man. No, I own it, still haven't seen it yet. Jesus. Um, yeah, I think the runtime's killing me. The two hours and twenty minutes, it's just—it's like ugh, I, I don't know. I, I I don't want it to drag. Is the thing you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's I, I don't know. I guess that's what's shying me away from it because there's a couple times Beck has brought it up because she wants to watch it, and I'm just like, yeah, two hours and twenty minutes. I'm like, ugh, I think I kind of talk myself out of it. But um, no, I love murder mystery films. I do. Kind of what you said about the murder on the Orient Express, and even with the you know murder on the Nile or whatever. Um, it, it, it's one of those ones where it can be fun, and it's it's kind of crazy that it, it it isn't more popular than it than it than it you know should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, they're they're fun, like they're interactive with the crowd. That's kind of what you want. Your audience being kind of engulfed in it. You know, figuring out oh my like who's the killer? Like why would they do this? You know what I mean? And getting all these little you know picking up these little clues and trying to solve it yourself. It's fun. So to me, it's yeah, it's 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 a genre I wish would pick up even more. Absolutely, and it looks like that's happening. So, because we see a lot of murder mystery projects being, like I said, we got Death of the Nile coming up. Knives Out is getting a sequel. We got this, The Maid. So it looks like it's genre that's yeah. coming back, which I'm definitely excited about. Want to see where that goes for sure. For sure. Uh, next piece of news we're talking about is we've got some movies that got release dates. Maybe, maybe anticipated, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, Mortal Kombat, the reboot franchise, uh, or the franchise reboot, I should say, uh, has been. Uh, given a date that will be released both uh, against part of the new WB release plan that everyone hates. It will be released in theaters and on Max April 16th, 2021. Uh, And uh, another, I guess, guess property people looking forward to, uh, Sing 2 
has gotten a release date of December twenty second of twenty. I, I see some people retweeting and be like, "Really? Did Sing make that much of an impact?" I was like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> I see the the poster's hilarious. Oh yeah, it's just like it's just like a mouse like looking outside the curtain. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, really?" Uh, but yeah, uh, we're doing it. Yeah, so Sing uh, Sing Two will see the return of Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Scott Johansson, Nick Kroll, Taron Egerton, Tori Kelly. Uh, also featured the new cast members of Bobby Cannavale, Letitia Wright, Eric Andre, Chelsea Peretti, Pharrell, frickin' Bono was going to be in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, oh, uh, we got Mortal Kombat and we got Sing 2. I'm definitely looking, more, definitely looking more forward to Mortal Kombat. I'll say that. I'll, I'll lean that way, too, I suppose. <laughs> but, Sing, but Sing 2, again, like, I'm surprised this had made as big of an impact as it apparently did. I've seen... So many people retweet that they're excited for this. And I saw Sing, I think, like, once or twice. I know I saw it in theaters when it opened in 2016. Uh, but, yeah, seeing it again, it made a, good, made a really good amount of money at the box office. Because Illumination works cheap, as you can tell. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Russell, you, I'm assuming you saw the first Sing, right? That's, that's around the time Ella was, like, she was born then, right? <laughs> I think. I bought. I did buy it for her. Okay. I'm, I think we watched it. I don't remember watching and watching it, but I mean, I know that. Okay, so right now the budget on that movie was seventy-five million. Opening weekend, thirty-five million. Grossing domestic, two seventy. Worldwide, six thirty-four. They got legs. Made money. They got legs. So, um, yeah. And, but but to me, it's just like I, I remember buying it for her for like uh, I think it was like a Valentine's Day or uh, some like an Easter gift or something like that, and we watched. I, I might have like I might have just had that on in the background, having her like entertained by it, and, and just was doing some, off doing something else or whatever. I don't know. I remember a little bit of it. I remember the pig in it. Right. Um, that's really all I remember. I don't remember too too much about it. Seth MacFarlane is not apparently not back for this sequel, which means I think his character was killed because <laughs> it ended with him like driving off from like a bear mafia. But like you see like the bear like hanging onto the back of his car is like oh shit, did he just die? Did he just get murdered? I guess he did, because we're not seeing anything else <laughs> to the contrary, uh, yeah. which sucks, because I do think something Farland's like a legitimately great singer. So, oh, sure. But yeah, I mean, we guess we'll see where the, event, the new adventures of Sing go in 2021. And speaking of Seth MacFarlane, uh, he is rebooting another, I must say classic, but another well-known 80s property in Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, so Revenge of the Nerds was a very big hit when it came out in the 80s. Uh, however, looking back at it now, it has not aged well. <laughs> it really has not. That's a problem with a lot of those 80s comedies. 80s comedies. Yeah. Uh, and actually, funny enough, that and that's coming from someone who went, goes to the school where it was filmed. It was actually filmed at my university, University of Arizona. They should. Yeah, yeah. It was it was filmed here. Well, we're not proud of it, but <laughs> we're not proud of it now. We, we don't claim we don't claim it. We do claim it, but we're not. Uh, we're saying, like, yeah, we know, but we do claim it because that's one of our claims to fame. That and, uh, you know, producing Steve Kerr. But, yeah, so looking at this... Okay, look, here's the thing. Is, does Revenge of the Nerds hold up? No. Is it problematic? Absolutely. Could this concept work in a movie? Yes, it could. If you stick to the bare-bones basics of it. Because the whole idea yeah. of Revenge of the Nerds is they're nerds. They were nerds before, but now they're going to be successes. Everybody likes them. That's a really interesting premise. Yeah, I mean, you could do it. You totally. could do it. Just cut out the just cut out the ra- the like rapey elements of the first movie, and there you yeah. go. You having fun? Like, I, d- I don't think this is a concept that's impossible. You throw, to you, you, good. 
No, you can still throw party scenes in your typical oh, yeah. college tropes in there. Oh, yeah, just don't do, just don't do just don't be a sexual deviance. Yeah, just don't be uh, don't be a pervert on the bench. That's exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. I think that the concept itself is not like there's nothing inherently problematic about the concept. All you got to do is just like stick to the bare bones and just like create funny ideas that aren't seen as criminal acts around it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think this could work, Russell. Yeah, I think again. I think again. You just need like a really talented writing staff to do it and a really talented director. We'll see. Be should be interesting. Something that also should be interesting, and this is actually something I, <laughs> I, I was like, no shit, because this is happening. Uh, there is going to be a limited series based on Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee. It's going to be the story of them, and a oh, lot God. focusing. It's Seth Rogen to produce it, and likely co-star, and it's going to be about their their lives and the <laughs> the theft of their sex tape. Are you fucking kidding me? No, not only that. Oh they have actors. It's going to star Lily James and Sebastian Stan as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. I have to buy this series now. I mean, this this sounds this sounds fucking nuts, and I want to watch it. I mean, sure. I, I just, uh, why? I just don't understand why we're needing to do this, but okay. I mean, I mean yeah. The story, of them me is, the story of them is interesting. I think it's incredibly oh, I, interesting. Yeah, it's a train wreck you can't, like, not help but look at. I mean, I, yeah, I'll... Who am I kidding? I'll probably watch the damn thing. So. Exactly. Ah. Uh, damn but, you. I mean, it sounds more interesting than, than, than the dirt, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, but no, yeah, I do think that those are, those are two fascinating actors. I think that Seth Rogen's done he's a lot of great work in television, and no one's really talking about like Preacher is fantastic. Um, he's done other stuff, too. What the fuck? Why am I blanking on other TV shows? Invincible looks great. Uh, the boys, shit, that's 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 what he did. He works on he works on the boys. Um, so yeah, I mean that. I mean yeah, that's cool. I think I'm definitely looking forward to that when uh, whenever whenever it drops. Uh, next piece of news: a shocking piece of news to come out in the last couple of weeks. MGM is up for sale. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? Yeah, uh, they have put a five billion dollar for sale sign on themselves. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thing is, like, who, who are potential buyers for MGM? I don't think they, let, they allow Disney to do this shit again. No, they'll give it to somebody other than Disney. I just don't know who, who would, who would put the money up for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd probably be someone other than Disney, but I just, maybe Apple? Apple could do this. That'd be a big, that'd be a big acquisition for Apple. I don't know. And think, and think about, like... Think about like what you get. Like now, you, you get Bond, but you also get you also get the rights to Rocky. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, especially because those are big properties, like in general, but even like more so like now because they're you know, they're constantly putting Bonds out, and now you know with the Rocky franchises spinning off with Creed and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a smart pickup. So yeah, I, I think they should pick it up. I'm not sure if they will. But I think they should. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have that kind of money laying around, it's like yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll just see picks it up. It's gonna be an interesting, an interesting buy. Whoever gets it, unless Disney again, we're like, no fucking way. Yeah, then it's then it's done. It's game over. Game over for all the studios. Life, life as we know it, done. Yep. Watch Google buy it. They start making movies. <sighs> That'd be funny. Uh, next piece of news: uh, there is an Exorcist sequel in the works over at Blumhouse, and right now they're in talks with Halloween 2018's own director David Gordon Green to come back to direct. 
Uh, no word on whether or not War takes place in the extra's continuity. If it's directly the first, if it acknowledges some of the sequels, nobody knows. But yeah, I mean, I love the first Exorcist. I think it's a, obviously it's a horror classic. Um, but yeah, looking at this, looking at a sequel to it, I'm not. Sh- I mean, I think I th- you you could do it. You absolutely could do it. Uh, I think David Gordon Green would be a good pick for it because he's like look we did with Halloween 2018. But I don't know. Do you, do you think he'd be in a rush to like jump on another horror franchise after he just got done shooting two back to back Halloweens? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. And like, uh, Exorcist is such a popular, you know, classic. Uh, obviously, the first one. Like the other ones, I, I I've seen a couple of the spinoffs. Two is bad. Two is bad. Three is actually pretty good. What the hell one did I see? I seen the um, one that came out in two thousand and was it? Uh, oh, that's the last uh, last exorcism. The last exorcism part two. Tw- Twenty three. Two thousand and three four. Yeah, it was uh, as Exorcist uh, the beginning or something stupid. I don't I don't remember anyway. It's hard to keep track of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's something that I would tackle. But I don't know tackling it upon you know what I mean your completion of Halloween. You know what I mean just jump right into it again. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe wait a little bit to do it. Yeah. If, if you if if it didn't if, if in fact David Gordon Green's going to do it, um, I would wait a little bit just because you know you don't want to. Can give you some ideas, you know what I mean? Like, give you time to kind of think about it. You know what I mean? Let him get this stuff out um, and on the screen with the Halloween movies and then go from there with it, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see where that goes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I do think that there is room for, I mean, look at all the horror friends that have been brought back. I mean, Leprechaun's still going, so why not Exorcist? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and then Texas. I'm sure we're gonna get another Texas Chainsaw. At some point, we will line. definitely get another Texas Chainsaw. Actually, oh, I think I, mean, I think Fed Hours is working on one. I'm not mistaken. No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Hills Have Eyes. He's working on Hills Have. No, wait. I think I'm wrong again. I think he is working on Texas cha- a new Texas Chainsaw. See, we'll see. The pro- properties that never die. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like the kind of like their main characters. Yeah. Uh, and there's no good segue into this. Next piece we're talking about is, uh. The Dungeons and Dragons film that's been in work for the longest time now it has a new lead. Yes, out is Ansel Elgort and his sick, twisted ass. Uh, in in his place, we got Chris, uh, one Chris Pine, who let's face it would be an upgrade whether or not Ansel Elgort was problematic anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, Chris Pine leading Dungeons. This is a weird, weird pick. I'm not saying it like it, it's it's not a bad pick because Chris Pine's definitely like a really great actor, but. It's somebody you wouldn't be you. It's somebody you wouldn't think would be associated with the property. Dungeons and Dragons? No, there's no way. Yeah, it's 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 definitely off-putting. I'm surprised they didn't reach out to like Joe Manganiello. He's like a big. He's like a major D and D guy. Yeah, I mean, you might as well get somebody who's like very familiar with it because they can even give you some pointers too, like you know, for filmmaking too, like ideas and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely. It's, it's definitely like a weird pick, but I'm, I definitely gets me interested in it. Yeah, I mean, like kind of what you said it was kind of an upgrade either way. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'm definitely look. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not sure who's involved in this, but yeah, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons. If you're into that, which I know a lot of people are, surprisingly, a lot of people are. Not surprisingly, as far as like it's a stupid thing to get invested in, but I think in that is not one you would assume like associated with being like super mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes. Yeah, so perfect, perfect sense. But still, I mean, look, there is clearly there's there's still an appetite for high fantasy. I mean, Game of Thrones is just wrapped. Witcher Witcher is killing it on Netflix. Uh, Lord of the Rings getting a show on Amazon. They 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 need a new high fantasy film series, and Dungeons and Dragons could be it. 
Especially with Chris Pine, who <laughs> keeps getting fucked over every frame I've been a part of. <laughs> so, yeah, we will definitely see where that goes. And the last story we're talking about today, uh, Ben Affleck is also, like, he's in, in a time where he's greenlighting a lot of projects now, or just, like, stepping into a lot of projects. He has just signed on to a Houdini biopic. But here's the thing. He's not playing Houdini. No, this is part of a biopic that's been kicking around for a very long time. Uh, Johnny Depp was actually at one point attached to Star as Houdini. Uh, but this is actually going to be... He's actually going to be playing Houdini's, like, agent or some shit. Huh. Like, not, not, more, not as much a supporting character, but someone who is kind of there, like, kind of, like, guiding Houdini through the magic world. Uh, so, yeah, this has been... Okay, this is why I think it's been kicking around Hollywood for a very long time. Uh, so Ben Affleck getting involved with this. I mean, how familiar are you with... How are you on magic? Let's just start, let's, let's start there. How familiar are you with Houdini as a magician? I'm... I'm probably the bare minimal. I, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert by any, by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but familiar a little bit enough, I would say maybe. Yeah. Like I still want to take maybe like a two. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I've I actually had a period of my life where I was really into magic, so I was like really into Houdini for a little bit. Okay. And just the, the thing this dude was capable of, he's one of the greatest magicians, one of the greatest illusionists of all time. So I do think that yeah, a movie on him, like we don't have a, like a definitive Houdini portrayal, so I do think. Oh, this oh is, I think. I think it'd be fascinating for sure. But yeah, Ben Affleck joining this, giving this some legitimacy. And it's got a director, yeah. Dan Trachtenberg, uh, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, jump, jumping on to do this. So, I mean, yeah, Ben Affleck, I mean, he's, 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 trying, to, he's trying to come back after, his, uh, after the DCU kind of fucked him up. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, like, like we've said before, I, I think anything that he, he really does, we're going to gravitate toward, towards Probably. anyway, just because he's... We like that know, guy. We like the guy. Yeah, we like him. Yeah, as as an actor, as a director, as just a talent in general, I like For Ben sure. Affleck. I do. I, do I really do. So yeah, uh, congrats, congrats, Ben. We love you. And I, I guess uh, you know, if anything else, you get to go home to Anadarmas every night. So you're you're, you're winning no matter what. Yeah, it's a win-win. Win-win. Uh, that brings us to the end of our show. Which means now we come on to the usually the movie of the week, but I guess it's the review of the week. Because it is now time for our holiday special extravaganza. Uh, so, like I said, on the poll, we decided to do something traditionally Christmas to, you know, kind of offset the non-traditional Christmas we got with Fat Man last week, uh, which you can just still go check that out because it's a really fun episode. Uh, but we just, but so what this is going to be? We're going to talk about four of the most iconic holiday specials of all time. You've all seen them. You all know them. You've all definitely uh, seen them all around. Christmas, maybe not around Christmas. Maybe you're one of the people who like to celebrate Christmas all, all throughout the year, but we'll see. And they're all from the '60s. They're all from the '60s, yeah. So like, it's yeah. the, the, the golden era of Christmas specials. '60s were banging with Christmas specials. Man. Oh yeah, that was that was the that was the jam. That was the time. Shit. That's, that's my shit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, starting off with, I say we start off with Frosty the Snowman. I'm so, good with it. Uh, Frosty the Snowman first aired on TV in 1969. I think it might be, it might be the oldest special we're talking about today. Or not, like not oldest, but the the new older of the four. Not older. Yeah. Not no. Not, not the, I also misspoke. The young. The youngest. Like the newest of the four. Okay. Because okay. I, I think all the other ones aired before. This, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, okay. this is, this is the newest special of, of the four we're talking about today. Uh, so basic rundown of the plot. So you all know the song Frosty the Snowman. Uh, a bunch of kids are sitting around in class, being like, "Man, I want to go outside. I want to go out. like seeing snow. I want to go outside. I want we, we want to play. F- forget forget this school stuff. We want to go outside, Mrs. Mrs. Whatever your teacher <laughs> teacher name." Uh, 
<laughs> it was also like narrated by Jimmy Durant, who plays himself, which is um, maybe a reference kids got in the '60s. I don't know. I remember when I saw the trailer. When I saw like the, when I saw it as a kid, I'm like, "Who the hell is that? Who is this?" Oh, dude, but, tell you what, tremendous singer, uh, really great voice. I mean, he really kind of does embody like this film. Like when you think of it, you think of like him narrating and singing. It's just it's fantastic. But you, but again, we'll draw ties to Burl Ives and. Uh, Rudolph the Red as Ranger too with the with the narration that was kind of big I guess right yeah no I guess with narrating was. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this special was also produced by Rankin Bass who they had a reputation for making specials that weren't necessarily great but always just like really weirdly captivating yeah so like we said the plot the plot of this one is there's just kids that are in school a magician comes to see him a teacher for some reason hires a magician speaking of magic and Houdini. But Look he, at this. This, this, oh, this, guy, yeah. this guy is certainly not Houdini because he is a very, very bad magician. <laughs> he's an asshole. He's also an asshole. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get back to that. Uh, the school lets out. They go outside and make a snowman. The, the magician hat ends up on the snowman. He comes to life for a few brief moments. The magician's like, no, 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 no. We ain't having none of that shit. Give me, give me my hat back. I'm going to make millions. But the fact yeah. that, wait, wait. Your hat was magic this whole time, and you st- you're still that bad a magician. Yeah, you weren't meant to be a magician. You were not meant to. No, yeah, no, no, tur- turn in your shit right now. No. Yeah, that hat belongs to Frosty now. Uh, yeah, they then get the hat back. Uh, Frosty comes to life, and uh, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, okay, so I think it's a good time to talk about the Frosty character, who is of course the iconography of this thing. And yeah, you know, looking at the watching this now, I understand why he was just such an icon for kids because he just he's just jolly. He really is just jolly. Happy birthday, you know. Happy birthday. I mean, like, hey, every every day, every time with him, it's a nonstop party. Everyone's yeah. having fun. It's just a thing where, like, you know, he's he's like, despite the fact he made of snow, he's he's warm to be around. And I think yeah, that's a very he's comforting. So positive, I think that that's the thing. Yeah, I think I understand. I think that's why kids gravitated so much towards the character because he's just he's a warm presence. Yeah. to be around so but not not too warm though because he'll melt not too warm <laughs> and yeah I, I do think the performance by uh jackie vernon uh i think it's there because oh, yeah. he just just the era and the attitude he gives him giving this performance he's just he's fantastic and i do i do like him a lot in this movie or in this special i should say uh so yeah uh, they come he comes to life the kids raise the kids have no questions about any of this no it's normal oh, this, is, this is like an everyday thing even a crossing guard's like, yeah, sure. The, but I, I, do, I do admire the fact, like, while like, watching this back, because, like, okay, well, the whole thing is they need to get him on a train to go to the North Pole. Yeah, because the temperature's getting warmer, and, yeah. It's always, but it's also, like, inconsistent, like, with Frosty, you know, the one say that right now, because just, like, he doesn't know how to count to 10, but he understands the base of what, what a thermometer is. Yeah, he can count to five, and then he, he goes, five. like, yeah, eight, and, yeah. But yeah. he has a very specific understanding it. of temperature. Yeah. Red equals bad. Yes. Uh, he gets wishy-washy, so no go. No yeah. go when you're wishy-washy. No go when you're wishy-washy. Uh, so, yeah, they have to get him to the North Pole. So they take him through town. And I love the fact that they could have had, like, the adults just be, like, non-note, like, you know, they don't notice it. But they do. In all fairness, they do. They do They do see it like, no, something here ain't right. Yeah, some, some, something here, something here, right, right. So they take notes, and I do admire them taking that to like show them reacting to Frosty. Uh, so they get into the train. It turns out that they're not, they don't, they can't afford money to buy a ticket. Because no, you, when you have no money, yeah, you have no ticket. It's like three thousand dollars for a train ticket. I'm like three thousand dollars and sixty nine? Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, and like uh, the the ticket guy has probably had zero that one entire day. Yeah, they just, on the, they just jump on the train anyway. <laughs> so it's like, why even try to buy this? Uh, yeah, that's just to show us, hey, this is mad expensive. There's a train that just so happens to have a cart carrying frozen treats in it. What are the odds? I what mean, are the odds? That you need to go somewhere cold, and you have a cart that's cold to get you up. It's just it's meant yeah. to be. But the, yeah, but there's one girl who wants to tag along with him. Karen, of all, of all names. A name that has very, <laughs> very not great connotations right now. <laughs> different, different meaning uh, 50 years later. <laughs> very, very different meaning in 2020. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Karen is like, Karen decides to go with him, but she's freezing. So the t- they decide to get out, off the train r- rather than try you know get her on a passenger seat or somewhere that's a little more heated. No, they just get off the train cold turkey. Meanwhile, the magician's still following them. Yeah, which is like he just appears. Like he's just underneath the of the train cart. Yeah. Yeah. How, okay. how did you how did you know they were on the train? First first of all. He put pulled a Max Katie from Cape Fear. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but so yeah, they get off the train. We need to get you somewhere warm. So you build a fire in the middle of the woods. The magician finds him again. Like where is this dude a, coming from? Guy's tough, man. He's a uh, he's a hunter. Uh, so uh, they have to run. They have to run away from him. But you know, Karen is still cold. So they miraculously find this like greenhouse in the middle of nowhere. I should add, there's nothing around this place. All right, listen. It's about magic, chance. It's all about magic. It's <laughs> me- like, it's meant to happen. It's, it's meant, meant to be. be. It's meant to this be. It's meant to be. Okay. Uh, so they go, they go into this. Uh, there's a greenhouse full of poinsettias. Who like the magician just like com- just just like Stone Cold like tries to commit murder. Which it is, because yeah. Frosty is like a living thing. So he just shuts the door on the greenhouse, and Frosty's inside. He's going to melt. Meanwhile, there's like this bunny friend that's been hanging around this entire time. Uh, they just, like, he decides to like, go and find Santa, which he does. I'm not, I guess bunnies and Santa have like ESP or something. I'm not sure. But oh no, yes. it's too late. Frosty is melted. And like the funniest thing about the special, they have like an Oscar style in memoriam play. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, of all the he great was, times, Frosty and them had it together. He was all my today. Friend. He was my friend. And Cranny's uh. like, oh, Frosty ain't gone. He's gonna he's gonna be alright. So then they they rebuild Frosty outside. He, and he's like And then even magician he's still trying to take the hat back. He's like, hey, give me the hat back. That's mine. <laughs> this is like, hey, like who and he's like, who are you to tell me I can't have that hat back? And you're like, I'm goddamn Santa Claus. Who do you think I am? <laughs> But but it's like well then Santa ends up telling him about like maybe getting a new hat for Christmas. So why didn't Santa just give the girl and Frosty the hat to keep? Yeah, and, and then just give, just give the hat the right now, and then boom, keep you're, you're, you're done. You're boom. You're done. Not, not, nothing else. You're done. Hey, hey, have a good day. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely day. Uh, <laughs> he gives Frosty the hat back. He comes back to life. They go back to the town, have a giant parade again. They somehow have the credits before the special even ends, which is odd, but. Uh, and then Frosty goes with Santa to the North Pole, saying he'll come back on Christmas Day, which he did because there actually was a sequel to this. There are actually a couple sequels. It's Frosty's Winter Wonderland, uh, Frosty Returns, The Legend of Frosty the Snowman, which came out in 2005. But yeah, it's what a special ends. Sure. Uh, so looking at this special, it's harmless. It's harmless. It's fun. Yeah. It's bouncy. It's I guess it's weirdly has like a weirdly dark sense of humor. Uh, but 
yeah, I mean, this is definitely one that I gravitated to the least out of all of these four that we're watching today. Uh, see, I'm more of I'm opposite. Like it was for me, it was usually this and Rudolph. I think I was closer to really. Um, the, the Grinch will later talk about funny fact about that. I literally didn't watch the Grinch until Ella. Oh wow. Uh, started getting into it because I just I never it just was one of those ones that just never appealed to me um and then Charlie Brown obviously yeah I had watched here and there but you know my wife does a thing where she like every holiday she'll do the Charlie Brown like Easter Thanksgiving Valentine's Day you know um so that's kind of how that started happening but um I would say closer for me is Frosty and um Rudolph but like to me like this is just it's 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 reminiscent of like my childhood it's, right you know you, you think of you know the the magic that you felt during that time of year it's December you're a child you don't have any responsibilities or cares in the world and it's just it's one of those ones you go back to every uh, Christmas I bought I just bought the uh, Frosty and uh, Rudolph on Blu-ray just to kind oh, of nice. wanted to upgrade the upgrade what I had from the DVD specials that I have, I just want to upgrade them. But um, yeah, something I always go back to every year. I love them. Um, and like I said, they were always on public TV, so that was nice to watch those um, specials just around the holidays. It just it's, yeah. it's it's it still captures that magic, that feel. I guess that's kind of why. I mean, um, some of that other stuff we talk about, you can kind of overlook. You know, I mean, even from a, te- from a technical standpoint, like the mo- like yeah. the like the animation, it's, it's simplistic, but it, it at least looks nice. And the HD transfer is actually pretty. Like, pretty well done on this uh yeah the voice the voice acting is, is good enough the anim well, it's the animation is good until like they like zoom out and like you can clearly that their lips aren't moving <laughs> like come on yeah i mean again again it's i mean you you, you figure it's 50 plus years old yeah. uh, i love i love uh, uh you know jimmy durante as jimmy durante the jim durante is a singer yeah no he's um, he, he, fantastic he, he, yeah he, he just had like such a vo- like such a like, comforting voice yeah it's almost like yeah. a Mel Brooks esque kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and we'll say the same thing again. You know, when we talk about Burl Ives too, it's the same thing that that voice. It's just it's 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 relaxing. And then you hear the song. It's like man, it's like yeah, it just it just takes you to Christmas. Yeah, it does. So I mean, yeah, I mean, let's let's clear feel about Frosty again. Short, short and sweet. Uh, short and sweet, kind of kind of like special. Uh, now, like I said, uh, Rankin Bass got a reputation not being not being necessarily great, but just for being like downright weird that was if that wasn't weird enough for you look no further than our next special rudolph the red-nosed reindeer <laughs> again came out four years earlier in 1964 i'm sorry five years earlier 1964 which right out the right out the bat when this starts i thought i i thought i put in the wrong movie because it starts with like this like news like wartime like like footage yeah like it's it's like winter blizzard hits and stuff and it's like vintage again it's like what the f- i always remember the beginning being so yeah it's not what you're anticipating you know what i mean it's kind of yeah. weird but uh yeah just again one of these films we'll, you know obviously we're gonna talk about but just it always takes you but it takes me back to christmas yeah uh, and that's when we meet our main character, Sam the Snowman, or like our narrator, I should say, our narrator, yeah. Sam the Snowman, like I said, voiced by Burl Ives, who again, like what like what Jimmy Durante with uh, the Snowman, had just like such a soothing, such a such a warm voice, really puts you in the mood, yeah. really gets you in in the spirit for the and holiday. And then the, icon- the iconic songs too. The yeah, iconic like, songs uh, too. Silver and gold, and you know, holly jolly Christmas, just all that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, like you, you know the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but after watching this special, I'm like, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know the story of Rudolph at all. 
Do I? <laughs> yeah, do, do, you know, you know the story. Do I? Do, do I really know it? Because this isn't what the hell I thought happened. Yeah, no, like, where is all this? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. So what happens is, so Rudolph is born. He's the son of, I think it's Donner, right? Yeah, Donner. Yeah, Donner and his and his wife. Uh, but he's born with a birth defect. He has uh, a red nose that, like, blinks and stuff. And we got Santa, who's skinny in this version. Yes, because he doesn't eat. He, he doesn't eat. He doesn't eat, which... Yeah, <laughs> we all remember that Santa. We all remember that Santa Claus story. <laughs> he doesn't eat. He's super skinny, and he's not not jolly at all. Uh, yes, there. He has yes, this one, one line in the first scene there where he just like, "I get my bells polished every year." Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the line. <laughs> but I heard that. I'm just like, "Wait, you, you, you do what now?" Uh, it's like yeah, 50 years. That, that that has a little bit different different connotation, different meaning there. Yeah. So. Uh, Donner's training his son. He's trying to train him on the on the sleigh, which he can't be because he has a red shiny a red shiny nose, and that's 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 bad. Different is bad. Dif- yeah. The different is bad thing is also emphasized by the by wh- one of our other main characters, it's Hermie. Hermie, right? Yeah, Hermie. <laughs> Hermie the hermaphrodite. <laughs> okay, so, no. so the whole his whole his whole thing is he wants to be a dentist, which when you watch the special now is clearly code for gay. <laughs> he wants to be gay. Not he wants to be gay. He is. Okay. okay. Not there's there anything wrong with that, but like, God. Hermie, do what you got to do, you, man. Do, do, you, you. do you. Do you, but wow. <laughs> this is, the, thing, the, the things they had to do to get away with gay characters in the 60s. Jeez, man. They had, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we then see Rudolph is growing, but his nose is still glowing. And so... He's got to hide his true self because they they give him like a black like nose cover, which I swear if you take away the visuals and just hear the dad and the son talking, it's like they're having it's like they're having a condom try on. It's really strange. But then on top of it, it's like it sounds like he has a cold when he puts it on. It do, it does, yeah. So he then goes on to play with the other. Oh, actually, first of all, we get a song from the elves for no. For no reason, basically about how like they're in like really poor working conditions. Is that that's not, that's not the We Are the Santa's Elves? No, that, that is We Are Santa's Elves. That's that's it. I'll tell you what, that song really can embed its way in your head. It I can. was humming that shit. Oh, it's I it's was catchy. humming that shit today. It's Hell catchy, yeah. but it's weird to think. We're just like, wow, you get these Santa's like a taskmaster in this in this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he then goes to meet up with the other reindeer. Of course, you uh, you know Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Coach, and. These other these other ones <laughs> we're not gonna name. It's like what? Yeah, and so you know he he also has like a little like romance thing with this one doe named Clarice. You know she doesn't seem hello. as different. Like hello, <laughs> hello Clarice. <laughs> hello Clarice. Have you seen have you seen my <laughs> have you seen my glowing nose? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll say this that that nose nose doe's doe. Uh, so, but the, the <laughs> I love I love when the thing like pops off his nose, and like the one reindeer he's messing with is like, it seems like he has the plague. Yeah, he's like, freak! <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not today, Satan. Even, even Santa's being a dickhead to him. It's like, oh, it's Donna, you let me down yeah, again. It's like, it's like they're playing basketball with Magic Johnson in the '90s or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, fuck. <laughs> 
yeah, like, no, like, yeah, so they just, they just, and they just, like, cast him on. This is the whole thing where just, like, you can't play any reindeer games, and by reindeer games, yeah, means you I, cannot be a part oh, of yeah. our community. You be gone, sir. Well, pretty much, we need to uphold the lyrics of the song. I like how they kept doing that, you know, like, later on, they'll do that, like, when Santa, oh, you can guide my sleigh tonight, like, oh, oh I remember that lyric. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you're doing. I see what you're doing here. So Rudolph and Hermie go off because they're outcast and they have to try and find a place where they belong. And that's where they meet Yukon Cornelius, a peppermint miner. Oh, my God. <laughs> a dude who's just like, again, where was any of this in the song? You had one job. Yeah. And why do you have to lick your fucking axe that, every that, single time it goes that to the ground? axe licking is just it dri- unsettling. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Yeah, me too. I'm glad it's not just me. No, it's like, dude, you dropped it in snow, okay? There's no gold. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, t- they, t- they go off, and you know, they're trying to outrun the Bumble, which is like the Spawn of Snowman. Uh, <laughs> there's like a Viking funeral where they like, break off the ice. They don't know where they're going. What are you doing? Um, d- is it just me, or does it remind you a lot of like Skull Island, like Kong? A little bit, yeah. Like it has a King Kong feel. Like I love and dude, how funny is it when you see like him actually walking across? It looks like a human walking across the screen. Oh yeah. When when he's walking, it's kind of funny. That is it's kind of funny. They then end up on the island of misfit toys. That's basically a place where all the defective toys go because they're different and that is bad. Yeah, different. Good. Uh, some I don't even know why some of these are defective. Like that has yeah. spots. So what? Yeah, and then it's like a train that has square wheels. Who cares? But only, but only on the caboose. Take the caboose off. Yeah, the the front one's fine, dude. Yeah, dude you don't the, need the caboose. Just take, just take it off. You're fine. Yeah, and what if you don't want to like play with the the back caboose? Just put it on the ta- put it on the put it on the uh, you know stand or whatever. Use it as a fucking uh, like a. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And at this point, you're probably thinking, who is the leader of the Society of Misfit Toys? Obviously, it's King Moonraiser, this <laughs> fucking lion with a crown Uncle, and wings. Uh, Uncle Scar. Uncle Scar, of course. <laughs> Uncle Scar with wings and a crown. Who reminds me, and dude, I got like King Friday vibes from him, from like <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Dude, like his dude. voice. Just, just, his just voice. the voice. Just the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. remind me King Friday. No, no, no. So yeah, they they stay they stay they decide to stay there, but they can't stay there either. Why? Because they're not misfit toys. They're misfits, but they're not misfit toys. Uh, Rudolph then they they then stay stay off for I'm not sure how I'm not sure how long. I mean, he has full antlers when he goes back, so might have been might have been a while. Yeah. Uh, so he he goes back, but oh no, everyone's been looking. Everyone's been looking for him, and that's why everyone has been. Tra- by the bumble and i did not remember at all how they beat this thing the way they beat this bumble is barbaric first of all they tried to straight up tried to murder him (laughs) yeah they lure him out of the cage and he's like trying to drop a rock on his head turned out to be snow but he didn't know that (laughs) he was trying to kill him man trying to kill him oh yeah and not Yukon, only that yukon's a killer man and not after that just the way they actually like end up beating him what her what Hermie does Hermie is barbaric. They he yanks out all of his teeth. It's like crazy. What, what, I, 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 didn't, I forgot that. I just I saw it when it came back. I'm like, you did what? Savage. That is savage. Like that is cruel. He can't. He can't. He can't. What, what, what's he gonna do? Like, eat soup for the rest of his life? Fuck you, Hermie. 
Yeah, he has to have uh, he has to have gummy bears now the rest of his gummy. life. <laughs> way to go, way to go, guys. Yeah, back to the North Pole, but and and Bumble and Yukon Cornelius after falling off a fucking cliff. They, sur- they survive, too. They come back. They're nice. He puts the star on top of the tree. Everything's kosher. But, oh, no. There's, it's still snowing, so Santa is going to have to cancel Christmas. But yeah, that was crazy, that Yukon falling off the cliff. I'm like, what? what? And, it, and, like, they, like, legit, like, play it off like he's dead. Like, he ain't coming back. Yeah, they did. They did, they did straight up yeah. like, act like he just died. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, I totally forgot, too, because, again, I do watch every year, but I kind of forget. Yeah. And I watch I'm like, I didn't watch it, I guess, that in depth and I'm watching like what <laughs> I was like he totally just went off the cliff with them yeah so uh, basically so basically Santa about to cancel Christmas but then he realizes wait a minute I have a reindeer with a built in floodlight Rudolph hmm. with, if you know so brights will you guide my sleigh tonight what so remember oh, kids the moral of the story is being different is bad unless your defect is useful Yes. Then you're useful, and it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> but, yeah, so, again, this is the first time I sat, I sat down and watched this special in, like, a very long time. like, sat down and watched it in a very long time. Yeah. This special is so much weirder than I remember. Oh, no, for sure. And that's something I got out of watching it again this year, I think, because I'm just older. And watching it, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I was young just, like, just being entertained with, like, Deer- Rudolph. And, you know what I mean? I remember that scary monster, because I remember he was scary back when I watched this. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. You watch it now, you're like, oof. It definitely is out there for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's like, wow. Oh, no, absolutely. For sure. So, I mean, like, because you figure when you're a kid, you're watching it. You're like, wait a minute. You watch this, I guess, a kid? Yeah. It's definitely out there. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, again, I, I, do, I do like more than Frosty because, like, it is just, like, it is just, like bizarre and like where he leaves an impact that way, and I, I do admire, oh, yeah. I do admire the use of stop motion in this because that's just a hard, that's just a hard thing to pull off in general, and it's doing an entire special like that. I, I always admire stop motion oh, yeah, whenever it's done in any form. So, well, especially when you know, fifty years ago, you know what I mean. On top of it, and maybe, but, we'll, and maybe next year we'll uh, do the crossover Rudolph and Frosty Christmas in July. <laughs> there you have it. I mean, we or we could do it in July. Who knows? Or we could do it you in know? July. Who knows? Who knows what we're gonna do? But uh, yeah, so that, the, yeah, so those are the two Rankin Bass uh, specials we had to talk about today. Uh, moving on, next one we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This is, I believe, the oldest special we're talking. about. No, it's not. I'm sorry, it's Rudolph. It's Rudolph and maybe Peanuts. This one came out in 1966. Okay. Something I didn't notice about because I'm a huge anim- I'm a huge animation nerd. You're probably nerd. I, I probably know. Um, I did not know until watch this again. This was written. That this was directed by Chuck Jones. Like the Chuck Jones. Anyone, anyone who like knows anything about animation knows the name Chuck Jones. He directed some like classic cartoons, mainly in Looney Tunes. Like his slapstick and animation styles are incredibly recognizable. To the point where like it's crazy I didn't know he didn't, he directed this until like watching this now and seeing his name in the credits because like looking at just the animation, the timing, the speed of it, just the way things are framed up. Like it's it's absolutely Chuck Jones. Yeah. Uh, so basically, again, you know, you know the story of this. It's based on the Dr. Seuss classic uh, about the about the old curmudgeon Grinch. Uh, it's Christmas time in Whoville. And everyone's celebrating except the Grinch who lives on the top of the hill. Uh, he hates Christmas. Nobody knows why. And unlike every other piece of Grinch media, this actually keeps it a mystery as to why he hates Christmas. And again, uh, we'll talk. Like I think Boris Karloff again, another perfect. I, I, a lot of uh, narration 
narration and you know yeah and say and singing a lot of multi-talented uh people that they got for these uh specials nice. but uh yeah and yeah boris Karloff, both as a narrator and as the grinch himself yeah kills it in this oh special. absolutely because you hear that and you're instantly transported to who that is you know what i mean oh, like do. there's no doubt about it. yeah just like the, the vocal performance and it's crazy how different because like the, the 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 narration and like the voice performance of the grinch they do sound different they're not the same voice yeah, you know it's Boris Karloff doing both, but like he does put he does try to act a little with the Grinch. Yeah, yeah, and something I do want to like touch on this one. I do it right now. The animation of this, I, I know I talk about Chuck Jones, but like the animation of this is great. Especially like I love the way the characters are done because yeah. you can tell exactly what every character is about just by the way they move. Like look at like look at the Grinch without saying anything. You already put together what kind of person this dude is. He's just like an old curmudgeon. Max, yeah. he's happy. He's go lucky. That's why we feel bad when he's subject to all this humiliation the Grinch is about to put him through in the next half hour. His uh, loyal friend. <laughs> yeah. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy Lou Who, who barely says anything in this special. You know what she's about. She's so well defined. She's a wide eyed. She's innocent. She's just like this, this pure character to have in here. She leaves an impression on you. But like I said, she barely says anything. So yeah, I do think that the animation in this I think is stellar. I think it still holds up. I think, and I think just the design of everything, just the way it just completely encapsulates the illustration of Doctor Seuss. I think yeah, no, is just, I, I agree. I, I just think it's just such a great translation of it. So yeah, he hates Christmas because of all the noise it brings and all of the bothersome troubles it creates. So what does he do in this case? Well, of course, it's time to steal Christmas. Yeah, I'm done. And this is where we get the uh, classic song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, which is one of my favorite holiday songs, just period. I love, I love this song. I'm not sure who's – I forget the singer's name constantly. I, got, and I, and I should have. Isn't it Thur – it begins with a T. Thur – Let me see. Thur is it Thurgood something? Thur Thurgood? Is it? Hold on. It begins with a T. Let's see. How the Grinch still cook this song? I'm pretty sure. I'm checking. Or Theodore. Theodore. Uh, let's see. No, not not you, Faith Hill. <laughs> the, the, Theodore Theodore Gissel. Okay. Ted Gissel. Yes. Who? Wow. Looks nothing like what I thought he'd look like. Yeah. But yeah, just like just the way he's singing the song, it's like it's just so memorable. Like that, the chorus, just like. I can tell you exactly what the Grinch is at every point in this song. It's it's, it's wild to me just how much that song made an impression on on a, on the young Chance Ellison. So he, he lines up, he lines up everything to go steal the Who's Christmas, and by I steal Who's Christmas it means steal everything: the trees, oh, yeah. the gifts, the food, the bulbs, the stockings, everything. He takes the last can of Who hash. That bastard. That fucker. People are starving out there. <laughs> uh, so, and one house he's stealing. I love. I love the one where he's stealing the candy canes from the kids. Oh yeah. First of all, I mean, he's, maybe he's doing you a favor. Those candy canes would have been like like busted up shards by the by morning. I like when he does the uh, stockings with the magnet. That was that was fun too. Yeah. Uh, but then there's one house he breaks into, Cindy Lou Who's house, in which he she wakes up and he's just like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Oh, you know what? The tree's got a, it's got a broken light bulb. So I'm going to take this to my workshop. Bring, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to bring it back. You can trust me. And, of course, being the wide-eyed little kid, she, bu she buys it, of course. 
<laughs> this, is, this is what Santa Claus looks like. Yeah, uh, yeah, so he goes through all the all the Who's houses, stealing stealing all their stuff. The light, Even the light bulbs in the ice cube tray. That's how you, that's how you know that the Grinch is petty. <laughs> he even steals the ice cubes. Yeah. The ice cubes, the, the pedal of no the point set is. No stone unturned. Not in, the, not in this Grinch Christmas. No stone unturned. Uh, but I do, I do like that. I mean, granted, they do reuse some certain frames of animation. You can totally tell where they are, but still, like just the way, like just the way, like the actual how of the ceiling of the ceiling of Christmas. It's creative. It's creative in its execution. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. Like I said, I got into this late. I think it was more Ella, uh, her fascination with it that actually got and got me into it because I I had never watched it honestly prior to Ella. Right. So he get, so he, it was it was one of those things, yeah. He gets all the stuff. He makes off like a bandit, and but Christmas Christmas Day, the Who's wake up and they all go and sing in celebration. How could this be Christmas? Like they they, they stole every. We, I took everything. How can Christmas still be here? And this yeah. is the thing that they that they do in the special that I think that both the movies that they got wrong because something that I okay. love that something I love that this special did and that they do in the book. Is that the Who's don't notice that everything's been taken? Like they come out and they're just so happy that Christmas is here and they, they're just like taken over by such the, the good feeling that it brings you that they they don't care and that's the whole point of this. Like it's not about the material things. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's about not about who you're spending it with. Exactly, it's about who you're spending it yeah. with. It's about the people who surround you. It's about like the feeling that Christmas gives you, and that's yeah. why the Grinch's transformation is just so. That's why his transformation is so viable in this. He just yeah. like, like now he understands like why people hold this holiday so dear. Well, because he thought, and the thing about it is like he thinks he's going to ruin their Christmas. So he's like, well, what the hell? Like, you know, why why are they still celebrating? I took everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he realizes, oh wait, it's not about all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. like I'm surprised how like detailed the arc is of the Grinch because like you literally like you see just how much he grows as a character just within this special, like within this like half hour. Yeah, within 20, within yeah, 20 minutes. Within 20 minutes, you see how much yeah. he grows. Like, his heart grows yeah, three sizes sure. too big. He saves Christmas. He brings everything back. He gives everything back. And he even gets to be, like, the guest of honor at the Who dinner. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, they even invited him into their house, even though he completely made himself unwelcome and stole everything. He, yeah. He's still a friend. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that they would let him do that after all the stuff that he had done, you know, really. No, and, and that's, and that's kind of like... Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, that's why... Like the feel, like that's why Christmas is that's why they thing like Christmas is a special thing. Like what the time where you forget everybody, like you open your heart to other people. Yeah, and that's like you the forgive lesson. your enemies, yeah. And that's the lesson he learned in this. And yeah, as you can tell, I'm I'm a really big fan of this one. I I love the I love yeah. Doctor Seuss. And I think that look, we've seen him screw it up time and time and time and time again. But this is there's a reason this has stuck around for so many years. Probably probably most like famous of his specials. And that's because it's just it's it's got a timeless feel, it's got a timeless message to it. The animation is still great. The vocal performances are fantastic. I yeah. think Chuck Jones did an excellent job with this special. Um, Russell, what do you think? What do you think of how they're going to stole Christmas? No, kind of what you said, and it's one of those ones where you know, like I said, I grew up on Frosty and Rudolph, but like this is something you can actually take a message from. You, know, you really can't. I mean, Rudolph, you can kind of take a message from. Yeah, being different is okay. You know what I mean? Now you can see that Frosty's pretty much eh, not really a message taken home from that, but this one's more of the message that I think out of all four of them is the most relevant, you know what I mean? The more, the one resonant, I should say, um, that 
you know, you don't need all these gifts and all these big fancy things in order to have a Christmas. It's about who you celebrate with and who you have as friends that matters. You know what I mean? I think, again, the, the take home's more in this film than I think anything else. Yeah. Or in the special, I should say. Yeah. Uh, now I move on to the last special we're talking about today. Uh, Char- a Charlie Brown, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, so, basically, the premise, the premise special is based on the comic strip by Charles Schultz, uh, directed by Bill by uh, Bill Melendez, I think is the name, I think the name of the guy. Uh, so, Christmas is coming, Peanutville, and Charlie Brown is being very Charlie Brownie about it. He's depressed. He's not happy. He's trying to find some solace in a, in a holiday that he's kind of being seen as corrupted. Uh, so, in response to that, they decide to let him direct the Christmas play. Charlie Brown, as you can expect, is not a very good director. <laughs> uh, so, we're just going to run that plot before we get into specifics of this. So, he, so he's having a hard time control, controlling his actors, trying to, you know, he doesn't, the whole thing is like, he doesn't want the specials to be commercial, or this patch to be commercial. He's trying to put, yeah. he's trying to put this all together. He's trying to, you know, keep this to the spirit of Christmas as possible. And so, again, he's having a hard time controlling his actors. And so, like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to get a Christmas tree. So he goes to a Christmas. So him and Linus go to this Christmas tree lot, and they get this, like, <laughs> this, like, rinky this dink. This one on his last. Le- this one on yeah. his literally, like, last legs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they bring it back. Right, the, the kids obviously mock him for it. Uh, even even his dog mocks him for it. That's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of, uh, so I'm going to get to that in a second. So he takes it away. Well, no, like he's trying to figure out what Christmas is about. Then Linus, uh, his homie, he quotes the and Lucy's brother. He quotes scripture. He quotes the Bible. Quotes a passage in the Bible about you know when Archangel the, Gabe, the Archangel Gabriel came down to Mary and told him about you know her child and like, what's going to do for him. And so like he decides to go and take this tree and try and like fix it up. Uh, he go all the kids follow after him. They all fix up the tree together, and it basically just ends with him singing around the Christmas tree. And like yeah, yeah so very like, simple. Very simple. It's all this whole pageant thing they build up. Like never, they never get, it never happens in this thing. But this is regarded as a staple of Christmas, and there's a lot of reason why. First of all, it's 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 peanuts. I think that Charles Schultz, more than most writers and most creative personalities, he nailed kids. Like he really like nailed down how to write and portray kids. Like I, I think I think that something that I do admire in any pants property, but also in this one, he doesn't shy away from child cruelty. He doesn't. No. Like these kids are relentlessly mean to Charlie Brown. And it's and the thing is like it's just it's just a thing that happens in this universe. And it's kind of thing that he, he's accepted. But he's like but I I do like something like about Charlie Brown in general, the fact that he knows how to. He tries to overcome. He always tries to do his best. He always tries to be a good person, despite the fact that, <laughs> despite the fact that everyone in this world is like, every, everyone in this in this neighborhood is kind of like beating down on him. So, oh yeah. Something else I admire is the fact that, I mean, the animation is good. It's not like Grinch quality, but it is it, it is good for like what they have. It's clearly limited, but uh, it, it it is it is good. And the thing I do admire about like the acting like. It's always been a PN tradition where like they cast kids. Like these are all clearly yeah. kids, very clearly amateurs. They probably like plucked off the street. 
uh, doing these voices. And like, honestly, like, you listen to these line reads, and you can hear them like reading off the cue cards. Like, it's, yeah. you can see that as non as non professional. But I do think that adds to the atmosphere because it wasn't until like recently watching it, it dawned on me what this is. There's a reason that we never see the page performed. It's because we're watching it. Think about it. Just like the awkward, the awkward line reads against the civil background. This is a Christmas pageant just on television. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, Russell, you've been very quiet about this, but what do you, what do you think about the Charlie Brown Christmas? Well, no, I, like, I was kind of just taken back, kind of taking what you, um, what you say about it. Because honestly, like, I, I have watched it here and there. Um, it was something I watched more, I think, when I was younger. Um, and kind of, I've watched, picked up a couple, like I said, with my wife watching that I've watched it maybe the last handful of years, but kind of what you said, um, it, it is, you don't see what you think you're going to see. You know what I mean? It doesn't end the way you envision it. Um, you kind of envision it with, with the pageant actually going on and all that stuff, but it's basically them just coming together and making the best out of that tree. You know what I mean? Like making the best, making the tree, uh, how do I say it? Making the best out of what they're given, I guess, is the kind of what I get from it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Charlie wanted Charlie. He wanted that tree, I think, to just to be different, not to be the kind of what you were saying, the commercial tree. Like every tree has to be this has to be like this It's what you make of it. It's it's what you, it's who you decorate it with. It's who you share that with that puts all of its significance in it. Do you know what I mean? I guess. Yeah, for um, sure. And to me, and that and that's what I get out of it. So when I seen him pick that tree out, and when, you know, the payoff at the end is when all of them are decorating the tree. It doesn't matter about all the other hoopla going on in the background. It's about it kind of kind of again what like what the Grinch taught us, I guess. It's it's basically who you share that with, who you who yeah. you share with it that matters, you know. And I think, and I think that kind of plays hand in hand with the the peanuts thing. And I think the backstory of this special is actually kind of really kind of drive the plot home of this home is because when this was uh, like so showed to NBC to executives the TV station whenever this aired I'm not sure where this aired they they hated it they thought it was yeah. they thought it was cheap and they thought it was just like Ugh, I mean I, we don't like it we paid for it we're gonna put, gonna put it out anyways it's kind of like it's kind of like yeah. when the kids are mocking the tree yeah like it's, it's like when they're mocking the tree like like the special is the Christmas special is that tree that everyone mocked but like you know put a little love into it people will respond to it and yeah, yeah, I do think that the simplistic nature. I mean, if you want something like more complicated, I think it's more complex than you get popular get credit for. Because like, I mean, you look at look, when Lions coined the Bible, that was seen as like huge. Like that was seen as like a massive risk back in the day because like a lot of specials didn't do that. And that's a thing. Oh yeah, that, even when I was watching it, yeah, thing I thought, yeah. And that's a thing that this thing hits, the special hits on. Like it did a lot of things that Christian specials were not at that time, especially were not doing. And that's, I think, where the genius of this comes in. That's where the genius of, like, Charles Schultz's writing and, like, cartoon and artistry came into. He was able yeah. to tackle a side of kids that wasn't being shown. It's the uncertainty. It's the feeling that you know you're supposed to be feeling a certain way, but you don't. And that's okay. But you got to work that out. I, I, I admire that. I admire that greatly about his writing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is, this is my favorite special of all time. I, lo- I love all things peanuts. I love Charlie Brown. I think that this is... I think that this is the quintessential Christmas special. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would probably, to me, it'd be between Rudolph and Frosty, just because I'm more familiar and I've watched those more times. I would probably give the edge on Rudolph, um, with Frosty being really close. But, I mean, again, these are four great specials. I mean, there's a reason why 
1960, they're still around now. Um, so uh, to me, I think they all convey a certain message. Uh, the other three, outside of Frosty, Frosty is just more, it's harm, It's more harmless. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's more cheery. Um, yeah. The other ones definitely serve a, uh, a purpose, and they do, they do uh, have a theme or a, an underlying meaning, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here today. That's going to do it for our Christmas special extravaganza. Uh, Russell, you want to get a plug before you head out? Yeah, uh, just wishing our listeners a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from Chance and I. You guys can find us on Notorious by Chance on Facebook. Join the group. That's where we put all the polls up for you guys to uh, vote on what we review. And then you guys can find us. We will be starting. This will be a New Year's resolution. We're going to start uh, jumping up the YouTube channel. I know it's something we've been talking about. I think New Year's is a perfect time to do it just to get a resolution out of our way, you know. But uh, YouTube, Notorious by Chance, where you can find us there. Hey, come on Twitter, Instagram, at Chance Wars underscore 91. Schmodown offseason is in full swing. A lot of big trade rumors, but trust me, I'm not going anywhere. Hashtag corruption 2021. Uh, and yeah, uh, tune in next week where we will be capping off the year with. Oh, this, is, this next one's going to be fun. This next one's going to be real fun. This is all your idea. <laughs> this was my idea, but at, given it's. Okay, so we're going to say we're going to be doing a commentary and review for a movie that is getting a sequel re, uh, very soon as a recording of this. What is that? Oh, you boy. figure it out. Um, uh, so that's going to be, that's good. Uh, maybe not the one you're thinking about. Uh, but regardless, that's going to be a really, really fun one to do. I can't wait to talk about it. Until then, that's Russell. I'm Chance. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We will see you next time. <laughs>